Okay, I'm going to open with the Greetings Alpha Seekers uh, intro. First time in a long time, because this is sort of a Nugent Ventures on uh, Nugent News. I've got like a multi-pronged uh, empire, you know, it's like an octopus. So there's the the news branch of the empire, and there's the uh, investment branch of the empire. Now, my empire is like Monte Carlo size, you know, and I don't mean the simulation. Boom, boom, boom. That's a statistical joke. But um, anyway, I wanted to update you guys on the portfolio because the Alpha Biotech portfolio has been deployed. And what I've noticed is, you know, when you trade, there's theory and then there's practice. And the theory here was that we could use options to express our view on biotechs. And what I've found is that the uh, stocks that I've tried to do that with are very thinly traded. What does that mean? What that means that is that there's very few players in that market. So you probably have a market maker out there, and maybe that's it on any given day. So the bid-ask spread is extraordinarily wide. And what's a bid-ask spread? Well, let's say you list your house for a million dollars, and you get a bid from a buyer for $200,000. Well, that is not going to happen, because you're not going to come down $800,000, and the potential purchaser is not going to come up by 800000 So the bid-ask spread on your house at that point is 800000 The difference, very simply, between a million-dollar ask on your part and a $200,000 bid on the part of the aspiring home buyer. So that, that deal would never get done. And... Uh, absent some catastrophic development on either side, like if that was the only house in the market. And uh, on the other hand, if there was like a great financial crisis type of event that cut your house value by 80%. So that happens in the options market. If the bid on a selling an option, like let's say I want two bucks for an option and the market maker's willing to pay me 20 cents, then I may place a trade order um, for the midpoint. Like, what would that be? 220, like 110? Well, the market maker's not going to take that, and I'm not going to take the 20 cents, so that trade's going to die. That trade will not be executed. And what I've been doing, unfortunately, I've been busy during the day. So during the trading day, I haven't been able to go out and place these trades. So if you go out there during the day, you know, you see the live bid asks and you're not even going to bother trying to do that kind of a deal. But when you're selling uh, what they call credit spreads, which means that you sell a put naked or you sell a put spread, then... You know, you're not going to sell it unless you get paid a substantial amount of money within the context of that hypothesis and that trade and that expression of your viewpoint. So I'd rather just, when in doubt, don't. I mean, I used to place a lot of market orders and never really think through how that impacts my risk-reward. 
but now I just walk away from it. So until I can get more active daily and intraday and when the markets are open, um, I'm probably not going to be using a lot of options positions because I can't get the price I want for selling my puts or my put spreads. So instead I've gone long and I will uh, send out a, a picture of my portfolio. I wasn't able to fit all the positions in, which is a bad sign, by the way. You know, when I have too many positions open. I try to limit it to five, but, you know, I've got more than five. And it's easier to manage long positions because you just let them sit there, right? And either they go to zero, in the case of the stocks I'm buying, where the stock prices are like under $10, and in most cases under $5, or, uh, so then they could blow up. Or, uh, you know, as a shareholder, one of the things that's going on in biotech is that some of these zombie companies that are like 2 3 4 $5 a share are just liquidating or are getting bought by other companies, and there's a consolidation going on. Because in this environment, they can't raise any more capital. and uh, But they still have intellectual property, and they still have uh, people that work for them who are brilliant. So, uh, you know, as a long shareholder, I may end up getting the distributions of the cash and whatever they sell their assets for. So some of these companies are trading lower than book value in accounting terms, and that could be a good trade for me. And for you, those of you who are invested. Um, and they also might get acquired, which again could be a good trade for us. And uh, if they go to zero, you know, I got one that's 12 cents. Big deal. You know, you can spend more on a bottle of wine. So um, that's where we're at on that. So I'll... I'll, I'll uh, text you a picture of the portfolio and I'll text that to everybody whether you're investors or not so you can if you so desire go out on Seeking Alpha or whatever app you look at stocks on and see what I've got out there one of them is Bluebird and Bluebird is actually halted for a couple of days because they're having a I'll just read you this Biopharma Dive article because your your fund manager here does spend a lot of time booking up on this stuff, as we used to say in college. After years of research and billions of dollars spent, Bluebird Bio is on the cusp of a milestone only a few drug makers have ever reached. Two gene therapies it has developed are under review by the Food and Drug Administration, and if approved, would become only the third and fourth cleared by the Agency for Use in Treating Inherited Diseases. But... They face financial peril. It's a Massachusetts-based biotech. Quickly running out of cash. May struggle to stay solvent. Approvals could be Bluebird's survival. So this is just the kind of setup I want. Because it's a binary event with a predictable time. And either the stock's going to go through the roof or it's going to go down to zero. Um, and I'll tell you what it's trading. Well, you'll see what it's trading at when I send out the the screenshot of my portfolio. So I won't get into that. And it treats a couple of rare conditions. They're kind of orphan drugs, which the government favors. Uh, there's, It's not clear what's going to happen. The FDA is due to make its decisions by August 19th and September 16th. 
its verdicts could determine Bluebird's fate. So you still got time to get long on this thing if you so desire. Um, and depending on whatever comes out of this hearing, I may double down or, you know, just take my money, take my loss and run. I believe, and I'll check, uh, it was worth $10 billion in 2018. Now it's worth $250 million. So they've basically lost 95% of their market value. Uh, there is substantial doubt it will be able to stay afloat for the next year. So this is a good spot. Um, if they get an approval, they can make money not only from commercial sales, but also from special regulatory vouchers the FDA awards that typically sell for $100 million each. So that expands their market cap by, even if they only get one, that's uh, almost a 50% increase in their corporate book value. So... Uh, they had a sickle cell because a study participant developed a form of leukemia. They had to put a put a hold on that. Uh, but then the company investigated and found no clear link between treatment and the leukemia. And then FDA lifted it. So if they come up with a leukemia, if they come up with a sickle cell cure, given the political environment, you can imagine how much that would. Uh, would would go up but then in august bluebird reported a case of myelodysplastic syndrome a cancer-like condition of the bone marrow that can evolve into leukemia in a cald pa patient treated with eli cell which is the name of the drug i don't even know what disease that is and then there were two more that were uh directly related to the treatment and that is a complication and all three cases occurred at long after treatment. They expect more to emerge, so that's troublesome. And what they do is they take stem cells and genetically modify them with a lentivirus, and then the stem cells mature and express proteins that replace the ones mutated or missing in three diseases, beta-thalassemia, CALD, and sickle cell. The question is whether the insertion of the virus into the genome has resulted in the clonal expansion of that population of cells and potentially evolution toward leukemia. So that's a problem. Um, you have to weigh the benefits versus the risk. Now, you can manage leukemia, you know, with other drugs, um, but it's a, gray, it's a gray area. So do you approve it with a black box label? Uh, not many people are going to take this. It's only, you know, 1,300 at the most, 50 with CALD. You know, it's a very small number of folks. So if FDA approves it and, you know, you're not going to affect very many people, and the ones you are can make that decision and their doctors can make that decision. So we'll see what happens. And there. To some extent, I think it's conceivable that Bluebird may get acquired by somebody else with deeper pockets, because if you can figure out how to use this this type of therapy, and you know, work out the uh, issue of the horrid side effect, then you got a lot of potential, especially for sickle cell. That's a huge, huge condition. 
So anyway, that's an example of kind of stuff we're playing in. I mean, you're not going to put the 401k into it, but, you know, it's got a potential 1000x return. Because if it's down 95%, then it's got a 10x, it's got more than a 10x upside, actually. If you do, you know, what does it take? What's the growth when you go from 250, 250 million to 10 billion? You do the math. I can't. <laughs> But I like things where it's incalculable in my head. So anyway, that's what's going on. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about today. You'll be glad to know. So you can get on with the rest of your life. Uh, live long, prosper. And uh, I'm still not wearing my mask. But, you know, I'm not going to get down on you if you do. Bye-bye. <laughs>